If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host, Karen Allen. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today on In the Details with Karen Allen. I am so excited for this conversation with someone who is both sweet and warm, and you'll hear why. But Tiffany Chen is here to talk about her experience building a company, a cookie company, a treat company uh, with a very original story. I love this, Tiffany. I had an opportunity to learn a little more about you. But first, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for all the great descriptions. <laughs> well, I'm tempted to just dive in and say, can we talk about your recipes? We, <laughs> right. won't, we won't even get into that yet. <laughs> and so I was very intrigued by the origin story for Tiff's Treats. And I wonder if we could just start there. If you could share with our listeners, like, how did you get into the cookie business? Yeah. So quite by accident, um, I was 19 years old at the time. So this was 23 years ago, back in 1999. Um, I was a student at the University of Texas in Austin, um, and I stood my then boyfriend up on a date. And as an apology, I baked him some cookies and drove them over to his house. And I think the cookies just so happened to still be warm when I got there. And he opens the door, opens the cookies, all was forgiven. Um, and he <laughs> had this immediate idea. He said, we should do this as a business, warm cookies straight out of the oven delivered. Uh, we can do this to, and, you know, he was thinking of the college kids because we were in college at the time. Uh, and at the time, you really couldn't get much delivered. Obviously, there was pizza delivery. Um, Chinese food was another option. But that was kind of the end of the list. Um, and so he thought, this is a great market. We can we can do this. And I didn't initially agree. I was not on my life plan to be in business in any kind. Also, that's um, a big commitment. Like, I just stood you up. Now you're talking a, about a business. I know. <laughs> Everyone gets super thrown off by, you know, where we went from point A to point B. You have to keep in mind, it wasn't a, like a setup. It wasn't a stranger first date. We were dating at the time and we had known each other a while. So we were good friends anyway. And we were actually boyfriend and girlfriend in the moment. Um, but still, it's, it is a big commitment, but we were just taking one step at a time. He convinced me throughout that afternoon how much fun it would be and, and you know, kind of got me jazzed up about the idea. And I ended up um, calling him back and saying, well, let's talk about what this would look like. And we just spent two weeks figuring out the details of how, what, would, what would we offer? How would we offer it? How are we packaging it? Where are we doing this from? These kind of things. And then two weeks later, we opened it out of his uh, college apartment. I love that. Wait, I'm curious. What were your majors at the time? So he was in the business school. He is a marketing major and I was in the communication school and I was an advertising major. Um, so he certainly, but I actually don't think it was really his major that was driving him. It was more this, actually he'll say he had a job, I think that summer before, and it was such a grind, like a nine to five. And he said, everybody was looking at the clock at 4.50 and just waiting for five o'clock to come so they could all get up out of their chair and then drive in traffic on the way home. And it was, that was his moment where he was like, I don't want to do that with my life. Yeah. I, I don't want my life to be that. Um, so he, because of that, he always had these ideas of, uh, we could do this, we could do that. It was sort of top of mind to him and something that's naturally driven in him. For me, it wasn't the same way. I wasn't, um, Honestly, I wasn't even really considering what my career would be. I was kind of going through college and figuring my way through and figuring I would figure out what I wanted to do with it a little bit later. 
Um, and like then, a true so comm major, which I was as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I actually transferred I like, okay, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was something else to start. And then I was like, oh, I'll transfer to this and get into advertising. Um, but yeah, I guess things was played out differently for me. And uh, just saying yes to that one thing led to a completely different life path. Absolutely. That's how it always happens, right? It's yeah. like we think that life is going to go one direction. Sometimes we even plan, right, by selecting the right major, going to a good school, all of those things that we we plan out. But life is just funny, man. It, it, it will throw you a curveball. And I heard a quote one time that said, life is a question and the way you respond is the answer. And I think it is so true because it can play out whether you are starting a business or deciding where to live. It's just all about how you respond to what life gives you in the moment. That's such a great point. We talk about that a lot because as you get deeper into business, you get to these points where you need to make decisions and sometimes they're huge. And it can be paralyzing in thinking, oh, am I going to make the wrong decision? Or something happens and you're like, that didn't happen the way I wanted it to. Um, And I don't have this philosophy quite worked out yet. But it's something along the lines of, look, if it didn't happen, then it's going to be for the best. It's not exactly the same as like everything happens for a reason. But in doing this for as long as we've been doing it, typically when something happens and we didn't expect it to happen that way or it wasn't exactly the way we wanted it to happen. In the end, when you look back on it, it's like, well, I'm really glad it happened that way because we ended up pivoting to this. And I don't know if that's just making the best out of what did happen or if there is something more to if it's not happening, it's not happening because there's a reason why it probably wasn't the best in the first place. Yeah. And I think that once you get into that point, once you're that deep in anything, it's more about trusting your ability to navigate whatever it is, you know, trusting the thing inside of you, the talents, the gifts, also trusting the team around you. As you just mentioned, as the business grows, it becomes more than just you. And I want to dive in a little deeper there. Can we talk about the adjustment from going from a baker to a business owner? Like, what was that like? That's a, there are so many shifts that happen when you go from being the doer in your business to actually running the business. What were some gems that you uncovered as the business grew? Yeah. So that was a gradual process for us because I was a hobby baker at most, you know, it's, it's not like I have a culinary background, so I'm totally switching like from one career to another career. I was a kid, right? I was 19. So I didn't have any experience of any kind. Um, so we were learning by fire, you know, every mistake we made, we were like, okay, you don't do it that way. Okay. This is how you, you know, communicate with staff in a more productive way. Okay. This is how you um, best hire. And this is how you make good hiring decisions. And, um, And I mean, I didn't think that's how life works anyway. And I think that's really how everybody learns is just by making your mistakes and then learning from them. Um, So transferring into, but you do at a certain point have to stop being the one that's doing all the things. And um, it's, you know, it's somewhat easy when you know you're not the best at everything. So the first thing we did was offload the hiring process Uh, And now I'm just talking about like in the stores, in the people that were doing the deliveries and making the dough and working in the kitchen Um, because you need a lot of help in that way. We were always hiring. And so we said, what's the thing that we spend the most time on doing? We're not super great at and we don't love it. Um, And that was hiring and sort of HR as a as a bucket. So we're like, let's get somebody to help us with that. And that was our first higher level hire. Um, And then after that, it sort of became accounting. Okay. Like what are we doing all the time? That's not moving the business forward. We're not experts at this in the first place. Um, and then we started bringing on people to help us with the accounts payable and then the accounts receivable. Um, so that you are starting to move 
um, away from doing, doing, doing. And we formed a board when we took on our first investment. That was back in 2008. And one of the things that they would say to us and to me specifically was take the oven mitts off. You can't <laughs> grow if you're in the kitchen. So I want those oven mitts off of you. Um, and you do. It's, it's difficult to pull away. Um, you know, sometimes people are linked into it emotionally and you feel like this is my, I think maybe it's, this is my value. And if I step away from this, am I adding more value with something else? And, you know, I still struggle with that today because there are certain things where I'm like, I feel like I'm good at this part. And if I step away from this, you know, am I better at the other thing or was I better at that? And maybe I shouldn't have stepped, stepped away. Mm. But time and time again, I've been proven that there are people that have more niche learnings. They've got more experience. They know what they're doing better. And I actually think it's one of the really fun parts about being an entrepreneur in a growing business that you were doing something, you're kind of cobbling it together and you were doing fine. You were doing okay. And you were making it up as you went along. And then when you're able to hand that to somebody and then watch them do something a hundred times better than you ever did with it, that's rewarding. And it's good for your business. It's good for your business. And it's good because you are now investing in other people who can shine in their respective areas. And one of the ways I love that you just mentioned this was like you paid attention to um, even though this wasn't your exact word, but it was like, you paid attention to your energy. Like, what am I not really good at? Or what do I really not want to do? If you pay attention to that and you can delegate, then you can step more into your genius zone, right? Then you can really start to flourish and allow your talents to grow because you've been able to set aside the things that maybe don't give you energy or, or don't bring you life. Uh, and you've given it to someone who actually enjoys that part of business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, look at the finance and accounting team. How fun are they, guys? <laughs> I mean, first of all, they've got major degrees in this and they enjoy it. Um, and man, we'd be lost without them at this point. You know, you can you can fake that only for so long. When we finally, yeah. uh, we had to, we had kind of made up our own accounting system. Don't make up your own accounting system. There's only one kind of accounting system. Don't make up an accounting system, okay, in the first place. Um, but then our board was like, okay, you need to get this together. And when we did, we had, we had like, uh, I can't remember exactly how much it was, but it was at least $10,000 in missing deposits that we thought we had collected for orders that we had never collected. Um, and so you got to get those things right. Uh, you know, some of these just basics for business as you're getting a little bit bigger, You've got to get those those going in the right direction. You can't just keep, you know, faking it. You can't fake until you make when it, when it comes to accounting. Not at all. Numbers yeah. don't lie. Numbers yeah. do not lie. Exactly. <laughs> so during this growth, would you say that there were some small, I don't know, sometimes they're blessings and sometimes they are closed doors. Sometimes they're people who believe in you. What was a small detail that is often missed by the public eye because they see your amazing success. But what is a small detail that you know was significant in the journey of Tiff's Treats success? Well, the one kind of butterfly effect moment that I think of plenty of times is just these connections that you have between people that this person led you to this, that led you to this, that led you to this. And if you take each one away, we end up not being in business at all. And that's the craziest thing. So we had, um, when we were very early on, we had been open for maybe two years. We opened a satellite location that was just sort of a walk-up. It didn't even offer the warm cookie delivery service that was our niche. It was on a, on a busy strip, and we were just offering walk-up cookie service. Um, it wasn't a good idea. Where Our brand wasn't established enough to have an offshoot that was a slightly different concept. It just wasn't working. 
Um, so that was one of our early, really big failures. But through that, the landlord there um, had a f- very good friend who was in real estate. Well, around the same time, we got uh, we were on a month to month lease with our main kitchen, our main storefront, and we got kicked out. You know, we, the month to month was over. And so we needed a new space. Well, we reached out to the friend of our landlord to help us find a new space. Um, and because of that, we got into this new space. And then because of him, he introduced us to our CPA. So we needed somebody to do our books. He said, how about this guy? We were like, great. Um, the woman that was actually working on our books ended up being someone whose husband was working with, had a business partner and wanted to invest. So I mentioned that we took our first round of investment in 2008. Well, it was because of her husband's business partner that wanted to do that. Um, And so it's just like this, because of this, because of this, because of this. And if you look back when we got kicked out of our space, we were month to month, we get kicked out of our spot. It was very, very, very likely we would go out of business. If we couldn't find another place to bake and deliver from, um, we, we didn't have money to just be on pause or be looking. We really had to go from one space to another space. So everything was stacked against us, but it ended up working out. And then in 2008, when we got our first round of funding, um, the economic climate of loaning money had totally changed from the previous right. years. And in previous years, we had been taking out bank loans and it had been no problem. Well, we signed a lease for a new location, just assuming we could get a bank loan. Um, and we were dead wrong. We couldn't get anything, nothing. Um, but because of all these connections at the right time, we ended up meeting what turned out to be our first investor. And he invested money that not only helped us open that location, but several more since. And so uh, that's the that's the coolest yeah. thing, I think. Um, and the thing that you can overlook where like, oh, man, if this hadn't happened, then this, uh, these other things wouldn't have happened. Exactly. I mean, if you had not picked that location to try something out that then became a failure, you would mm-hmm. not have been connected. And also you felt the pressure. I think this is kind of compounded because you felt the pressure of being kicked out of the other main kitchen. But all of those things, I was just hearing this in a book that I read, but it's about stress, how stress forces you to think outside of the box. Good stress, not like burnout stress, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> not sure. to the point of, but like when you are stressed, when you are crunched, when you are challenged, even think about it from that aspect, it forces you to be go, to go beyond your comfort zone. And yeah, when so you true. Do, right. And then when you do that, you start thinking differently. I mean, I don't even know if you were thinking about looking for investors at that point, but like you said, it just went from one thing to the next to the next. And a lot of times we get stuck in the failure, you know, or I don't know, where do I go from here? Now this door is closed. And we just start to focus so much on that, that our energy only goes to that one place. But when you open your mind, then you start to see all the different possibilities and you start to attract those things to you. Yeah. My partner, Leon, who's actually my husband now, um, was just saying yesterday, somebody asked a question about, um, you know, how did you deal with the the stress of that? And he said, well, the way I looked at it was we have no choice but to succeed. There is, there are no other options. We have to succeed. There's nothing else we can do. We're already on the hook for all this money, uh, you know, all, all of this. So we don't need to worry about that. We just know there's only one option. And that is to make it work. And you're talking about thinking outside the box. We absolutely, um, we're constantly thinking outside of the box just to solve our problem. You know, whatever the problem was then, it had to be solved. It wasn't a, it'd be, wouldn't it be so great if this was, it was like, you have to solve this problem or you're, you're going out of business. So you're absolutely right. You start, you start coming up with creative solutions. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. Well, it sounds like you picked a, a great business partner and life partner. I'm curious, what are some of the little things that that make Leon, Tiffany and Leon, good business partners and good life partners? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So the thing that we like about our partnership is that we're totally opposite, but yet we still, um, it's like we're similar, but opposite at the same time. We have totally different skill sets. We have totally different interests. We have completely different personality profiles, but we both kind of align on the bigger things and where we're going and why we're doing it. And um, we align on things that we enjoy doing in our free time and things like this. But at the same time, I'm sort of an introvert. He's an extrovert. That means he deals with most of like investor and board relations and things like that. And I'm a little bit more on the fine tuning of just the, he's more of where we're going and I'm more of how are we getting there? Um, and so it's, it's on the one hand, it causes some friction, right? Because we don't always understand each other, even though we know what the other person's thinking, but it's still hard to feel it even after all of these years. So it can cause disagreement. Um, but mostly we just appreciate those differences because we know two of the same wouldn't, wouldn't, it'd be difficult to grow. Yeah. That's the yin and the yang, right? Yeah. That's how they work together in balance and in harmony. And actually when people talk about, Oh, well, is it that opposites attract or if, you know, birds of a feather flock together? I hear the argument between that all of the time. And I think a healthy mix of both, it actually provides room for each individual to grow on their separate paths and together. So I love yeah. that you all have found that recipe for success. That's great. But it's not just the business that has grown. Your family has grown as well. I mean, you guys have been in each other's lives for decades. And so now it's not just the two of you. You have twins, I understand. Yeah, that's right. We've got twins that are now seven years old, uh, a boy and a girl. Yes. And so as the business grows and as the, the family has grown, what are some things that help you and Leon to stay grounded? You know, do you have, I don't know, little habits or, or, or rituals or just, you know, small nuances that you're like, this is what keeps our family anchored. Yeah. You know, we'd love to spend time as the four of us. Uh, so we spend a lot of time together and, you know, we come home at six o'clock and we do family time. Now we're going to be talking about work a lot. Um, but we do have that ritual where we come home, we do dinner, we're getting ready for the next day. We get the kids ready for school and all of that. Um, I think kids keep you grounded no matter what, you know, they're going <laughs> to so tell you, <laughs> they're going to say whatever. And it's great. Um, we absolutely love the family time. And it was hard when they were little, just because I think anybody with infants knows that infants are really, really difficult. Um, but once they grew a little bit out of that, it became a huge blessing because it's something else to focus on. It's something else that we can achieve together. Um, and it's something that forces us to do something different than just the business. And that makes our lives just more enriched. Absolutely. I don't know about you, but I really appreciate my son watching the journey of my business growing. And he's just getting a different experience on life because I do share those failures. You know, I share my wins and my losses and it helps to relate to him about things that he's going through. You know, he's 11, my kiddo is 11, so a few years ahead of yours. Um, but would you agree that sometimes the hat between a business owner and being a mom, it's almost like they're quickly interchanged, but sometimes you feel like, I don't know, am I doing two things at the exact same time? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's great that you mentioned that. Leon and I speak about work in front of the kids a lot. Um, and sometimes we disagree about work in front of them as well. And I think it's fine for them to kind of 
have a seat at the table and and hear kind of the things that are going on. And um, it's funny. We had, well, actually, this isn't funny, but we had this huge Texas ice storm um, last February, and it turned yes, out to be a major disaster. Um, but when we didn't know it was going to be a disaster, one of our concerns with the fact that this was going to happen was that it was happening on Valentine's Day, which is our single busiest day of the year. And we're talking about something that we prepped for all year long. And the operations team is like deeply in preparation for this day, starting from August all the way through February. Everybody's primed. Everybody's ready. Um, we're talking thousands and thousands of orders are placed and people are expecting those deliveries to come. Well, when it completely ice, this was like a complete ice out. When something like that happens, you can't put drivers on the road. You can't open the stores. Um, and so we knew it was going to be bad. Well, the kids, you know, kids, they love a snow day. Um, yeah. and, and this of course is before we realized it was going to be an actually bad storm. We just thought it was going to ice enough where we couldn't be on the roads. And the kids would talk about, they wanted it to snow and we would say, Yes, but not on February 14th, because that's going to cause X problem and Y problem. And then they were sort of constantly repeating that. And they would say, well, as long as it doesn't happen on February 14th, you know, we don't want it to happen that day because that's going to cause us lots of problems, which is really cute (laughs) because most kids like all they're concerned about is can I play in the snow? Or not. We live in Texas, which means it never snows here. So that's really exciting. But they were able to like move away from that and just know that, hey, there's something bigger at play here than just me playing in the snow. This causes our family problems. This causes our business problems and we don't want it to happen. Yes. And not that they have to shoulder all that, but I mean, yes, I see my son the same way where he just, I like how he engages and has an understanding about what I do. And I feel like even if it's from the sidelines, they're learning, they're learning from these experiences as much as we are learning in the moment. Absolutely. (laughs) So I noticed that you all had a really special day not too long ago where you were spreading some cookie kindness. Tiffany, first of all, I was like, why didn't anybody send me cookies on this day? I needed (laughs) some cookies. But it sounds like the business is it's not just about a sweet treat. You know, it feels like there's so much more to that. Can you you talk to us about that? Absolutely. And that's funny that you mention it that way, because that's the name of our book. It's called It's Not Just Cookies. And the reason is that over the years, we realized that what we were selling wasn't just cookies. Yes, we were selling a really convenient way to get warm cookies straight out of the oven. But what people were using us for was to connect with another human being. So people were sending each other birthday gifts anniversary gifts. Um, It's a way to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I care about you. You're on my mind. And people are having these connectable moments. We saw a ton of it during the COVID shutdown in 2020. Um, We always see this, but it really shot up because you could see how much human beings were missing being with other people. Uh, And they were sending each other gifts for any reason, Um, partly because they were missing these physical interactions. Mother's Day of 2020, nobody could be together. Um, But you could send gifts, you could send cookies, um, and you could say, I love you that way. And so that's what um, we call these warm cookie moments. It's like the moment that you get when you (laughs) have these warm cookies and you know that somebody's thinking about you, somebody's um, sending you love. And sometimes it's giftable, but you could also experience it together. So you could order cookies together, you and your friend. Maybe it's a Friday night and you're just having a movie on and you order cookies and now you're sharing this moment. It's something about that really nostalgic, really indulgent treat. It's physically warm. And then it's emotionally warm at the same time. And we kind of put our finger on that maybe 10 years ago or so and said, aha, this is what we're doing. We're selling moments. We're selling warm cookie moments. It's not about 
you know, it is about the process. We work very hard to make it frictionless. We work very hard to make the experience plush from top to bottom. But the reason why people are ordering it is because of this. And we have customers email us with their stories a lot and saying, here's why I ordered or I received this gift and it meant this to me. Um, You know, plenty of our customers send it for comfort reasons as well. So it's not always joyful occasions, but other occasions to say, hey, Remember, I know you're having an awful time, but you're loved and people feel that love. Yes. A lot of times people will ask me um, because my experience of going through such trauma and grief in my personal story, you know, they say, well, how can I show up for someone else? And I always tell them you never have to fix their problem. Just show them that you care and that you're there. That's it. If you And I mean, what better way to say I love you in the good times and bad than sending a warm batch of cookies? Exactly. <laughs> so I noticed that uh, you have so many tricks that um, I wouldn't even say tricks. I would say you have done so well um, at just finding your way to success. But there's one thing I know to be true for all humans on our path to whatever our end goal is. We will create different stories in our mind that prevent us from actually achieving that dream. Like we have the inner critic and we have our inner guide and we could find, follow the guide all the way to our dreams, or we can get stuck in a really horrible place by just listening to our critic. And I think this was on your, your Instagram where you had a quote on, on international women's day. And you mentioned, you said, you know, the key to success is hard work, focus, and to not overthink. So I wonder if you have any tips or habits or tricks, maybe that's where I meant the word tricks, (laughs) any tips or habits that you could share with our listeners on how you manage overthinking? Yeah, overthinking to us feels, you know, it can get dangerous. And, you know, the reason why it's top of mind, because as we've become bigger, we have a lot of people that are helping. Um, But we also have a lot of people that want to plan, 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 plan. And when you've got a large number of people trying to plan, um, sometimes you get stuck where you're not actually doing anything. Um, so it's a, a, it's a balance, especially as you get larger, that you definitely want to make sure you're being thoughtful and that you're not um, moving too quickly on something. But at the same point, if you're trying to like calculate every single thing, if I do this, then this is going to happen and then we're going to do this and then we'll reach here. But then if that doesn't happen, we'll come back here and you can think yourself out of doing anything. Um, And it's really, really common. And um, I'll give you an example. So we recently partnered with um, Kendra Scott Jewelry Company to sell and actually create custom Kendra Scott jewelry pieces that we offer with our cookie deliveries. So for Mother's Day, for example, you could send a box of warm cookies, some ice cream, some milk, and a gorgeous necklace that you can only get at Tiff Street's. Um, this has been a wonderful partnership for us and a really nice addition for our customers. It's been a great thing for us. But when the idea first came up, we sat in a room of about 10 people and we started churning through the details. And now we wanted to launch it for Valentine's Day. And this was like January of that year. And so it was tight. And so we're now starting when you to start about, planning in August, Tiff, you know better. I know, right? <laughs> but the idea had come up. And so we we're like, well, let's talk it through. And we ended up talking for about an hour and we got some good learnings out of that, good ideas. And at the end of the meeting, we said, well, let's table it. And it's too soon. Let's table it. We'll do it for next time. But funny enough. (laughs) So this is where the yin and yang come in. Leon, my partner slash husband, was in the room at the very beginning of the meeting. 
but he's not much for details. So he was in the, at the beginning of the meeting to hear the idea. And he's like, yeah, this sounds great. He leaves. Um, Kendra Scott, the owner of Kendra Scott Jewelry, Jewelry um, is an investor and a friend. And so he texts her apparently while we were in this meeting saying, hey, this idea has come up. What does your team think about this? So on the back end, he's doing this. Well, I come out of the meeting and I say, well, we've thought it through and we're going to pause on this and we'll come up with it later. And he was like, too late. I already texted Kendra and she loves the idea. (laughs) And so we were like, okay. And so, you know what? We made it happen. No problem. We made it happen. And it was a really, really good thing. And if we had paused it, there's a good chance that we never would have brought it back up. So it's just sometimes you just responsibly go um, instead of thinking through every single piece of the puzzle that isn't going to work out. Sometimes you just have to go. Yes. And trust yourself again, trust yourself to, to be able to work through whatever comes up. And it's never about making a perfect decision. I'm the same way. I think part of my uh, recovering perfectionist tendencies is because I like to think through, okay, what could the risk be? And let me try to minimize any risk or suffering. And we all do that naturally, but you're right. Once you get into the point where maybe you're starting to get towards analysis paralysis, that's not healthy either, you know? So finding a way to, to make a good solid decision and trust yourself through that process is key, not just in business, but also in life. Absolutely. So I have to be honest. I, uh, I'm an aspirational baker. Like I see myself when I'm watching Hallmark movies, like I'm the person in the movie. I'm like whipping it up. Um, I cannot bake anything beyond what's on the back of the Nestle Toll House cookie container. (laughs) So I hope that one day I can meet you in the kitchen. You can, you know, teach me. I can learn from the best herself. I really look forward to that. Um, But I know that I can first get my hands on the book And I also know that you have a discount for the listeners. You are offering our audience. So listeners, this is for you. This is for you being here right now. You can get 20% off of the cookies and the book if you go to cookiedelivery.com backslash success. Just go to cookiedelivery.com backslash success. Tiffany has 20% off there for us for the cookies and the book. But tell us a little more about the book. If it's not just cookies, then what else is it? What else can we expect? (laughs) Yeah, right. So the title works on many levels. Uh, It's not just cookies because it's about these warm moments. And and it really talks about our history and how we got started and and a lot of the ups and downs. There's a lot of um, just openness about our failures, both in business, in being parents, in being husband and wife. Um, lessons that we've learned along the way. Um, And then we share warm moments from customers. So those warm moments I was talking about when customers email and share with us. And we picked some of our favorites and we published them in the book. And then, of course, cookies. Um, It's not just cookies. We also have bars in there. There are truffles. Um, There are other little treats you can make. Um, But we do focus, we are cookie based. So we've got about 28 recipes in there. The majority of them are cookies. We've got some, um, there's a salted caramel blondie bar. There's a peanut butter chocolate bar. Oh, there's a, there's a pecan pie bar. It's like, instead of pecan pie, it's like a cookie based bar, but it tastes like pecan pie. So it's way easier to make. Um, gosh, they're really good. Uh, and there's like (laughs) truffles and there's some other really fun ones in there, but you know, speaking back to what you were saying, you don't have to be an expert baker for this book at all. These are absolutely accessible recipes that anyone can make. We wanted to make sure that they were easy. You don't need anything more than a hand mixer. I mean, honestly, you could probably do most of it with by hand stirring if you wanted. So you don't need crazy equipment. 
Um, all of the ingredients that we ask for are something you can get at your local grocery store. You don't need to be going out to shop at a specialty place because um, we just wanted this to be a really fun book for any baker to come in and try and recreate some of um, the Tiff's Treats specialty flavors. We'll run a flavor of the month every month, uh, one or two. And so that's really what we curated more into this book as opposed to the standard we, of course, have chocolate chip because you have to have, you, you have know, your star. You have chocolate chip. <laughs> yeah, so that comes first. But then after that, we jump off to some of the little bit more fun ones. Well, good. I'm glad that you made it uh, simple for those of us who only picture ourselves in the Hallmark baking movies but not actually living it out. So, well, Tiffany, thank you so much. I mean, I really enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate your vulnerability and very specifically sharing some of those failures because I think those are really beautiful insights that help us to see that the failure is not the end of the road, especially if you just like, if you just pick yourself up, accept that what has happened has happened and you decide to move forward as Leon, as your wise partner and husband said, you, there is no other way. There's no other way. You're right. If you keep picking yourself up, then you will find yourself on the other side of success. So I just want to send so much love your way and well wishes for your continued success. And thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been In the Details. If you like the show, tell a friend. For more shows like this, go to success.com slash podcasts.